Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, we always do our waiver wire look on Tuesday mornings. We are heading into week six. We've got some huge injuries in fantasy football. Justin Jefferson, Devin A. Chain, and James Conner look like they are all going to miss. Uh, I mean, we know for a fact that Justin Jefferson is on the IR, but we are probably going to see Devon A. Chain be placed on the designated for return IR. And Adam Schefter's most recent reporting also makes it seem that James Conner is going to take a stint on the designated for return IR as well. So we've got a lot of holes to fill in, in rosters. Unfortunately, guys, it, it is not a particularly good week on the waiver wire. Outside of Jeff Wilson, Roshan Johnson, and Josh Downs, we are we are just looking at some pretty thin names out here. But as always, we are going to try to fill those positions in your league might have some guys who are out there and available. You know, we had bye weeks and injuries in week five. I know I had to make a couple hard cuts, and so you never know who's going to be out there, so make sure that you are scanning closely. As always, we do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So let's go ahead and start at quarterback. Need to begin with Gardner Minshew. The Colts have played very fast on offense. Minshew gets a revenge matchup this week against the Jaguars, who allow the six most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. The issue is, obviously, the team that is going to be looking to get Gardner Minshew is probably going to be the team that just lost Anthony Richardson. I don't believe that Minshew is really going to be a good one-for-one replacement. You probably have now entered the streaming wars, which I suppose isn't the worst thing because being able to stream quarterbacks can get you a relatively decent weekly ceiling. You're just, uh, I mean, look, you're going to be missing Anthony Richardson's 25 fantasy points because that's how good he was when he was starting. Really, any of these quarterbacks I'm about to talk about, I would not go higher than 5% on any of them. The one guy... I would tell you to look out for is see if CJ Stroud gets dropped this week after a pretty middling game against the Falcons. I'm still still a believer in him and would have Stroud rank first of all these quarterbacks. Next up, we've got Sam Howell, who is the quarterback 17 in points per game. He's got one quarterback uh, one quarterback six finish. The guy keeps taking a bazillion sacks, and uh, although we did get, I believe the stat was 55 straight plays in their game against the Bears without a rushing attempt, so the volume has definitely been there. Um, I would probably still plug and play Minshew over Howell, but I don't have any issue with going Howell this week. We've been talking a lot about Josh Dobbs. He's been running a bit. Um, He's averaging about five points per game rushing. He's fine. Desmond Ritter, sort of the same deal. He's also uh, been passing a little bit more. We're starting to see maybe Kyle Pitts actually exist. But uh, honestly, the top streamer this week, I, I, you know, and maybe put me in a coffin for this, but 
It's got to be Jimmy Garoppolo against the Bears. The Bears have just been so generous to opposing offenses. And, uh, you know, Fields kind of creates high-scoring games with, like, he's exciting, but he turns the ball over, but the Bears can throw the ball deep. It's just, I mean, the Bears are kind of kind of Broncos-ish. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs uh, are, are playing the Broncos this week, so, you know, it's it's you're not going to be able to stream Mahomes. It would be nice. But streaming against the Bears, I think, is a pretty strong strategy. Actually, wait, he doesn't play the Bears until week seven. So maybe set it up. I'm an idiot, guys. But maybe set it up that you can do Minshew this week and Jimmy G next week. I, I don't hate that strategy. Uh, all right, running backs. I mean, look, it's brutal, but Devin A. Chain suffered a knee injury. Uh, the rumors are that he is going to be placed on the injured reserve, eligible to return after the Dolphins buy in week 11. Obviously, I think you should be trading for Devin A. Chain if possible, but Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be the top running back ad of the week, maybe the top running back ad of the entire season because Jeff Wilson Jr. played ahead of Raheem Mostert quite a bit last season. Actually had more carries, had a higher target share. Now, it's very minimal, uh, and they definitely are going to split the work. There's some chance that, you know, Leonard Fournette, God forbid, freaking Leonard Fournette shows up. But I'm spending up to 40% on Jeff Wilson. I, I think you could even on a team that's like really dead or maybe was starting A-Chain or something like that or, or a team that was starting Zach Moss, like going even higher than that because the team said they activated his 21-day window. Reporters, Dolphins reporters talked to Jeff Wilson and he said once he's activated during his 21-day practice window that he would be good to go. And I mean, look, this offense is just so good. Like you could put freaking Chris Brooks back there. You could put me back there and I might be able to get you like four and a half people. Probably not. I'm pretty small, but you're going to be able to get a lot of points out of Jeff Wilson. Uh, Wilson got 82 touches once he came back from injury last year. Mostert got 80 and the floor is just really good. But I think you should be aggressive on Jeff Wilson Jr. on teams where you would slot him into the starting lineup immediately. Next up, we have another uh, backfield with an injury here. Khalil Herbert has a high ankle sprain. I would actually, uh, I would ship a lot on Roshan Johnson, like 20 to 35 to 40%. Uh, I like him much more than Dr. Foreman. Foreman is going to come back and be active. Travis Homer also has a hamstring injury, so that insulates Dante Foreman a little bit. Foreman has been a healthy scratch since week two. To me, this is sort of your classic, the guy is not active because he only does one thing, which is run the ball. I, I am projecting Roshan to have the goal line stuff over Foreman, but I wouldn't be 100% certain on that. You could tell me that Foreman comes back and actually does have the goal line stuff, but Roshan is going to be the long down and distance third down guy. Uh, Roshan has been really good this year. Uh, I, I think he's very strong, and the Bears get to play the Vikings, Raiders, and Chargers. Really just like a, a dreamboat schedule for those guys to fill in without Herbert. So I would go... I said in the waiver wire column, like I did my notes for this, that I wouldn't be that aggressive on Foreman. I think after looking at the schedule a little bit closer, I'd go more like 10 to 15% on Foreman, but 30 to 40% on Roshan. And if all of these guys, including Jeff Wilson, are available, uh, I would actually sort them this way. I would sort Jeff Wilson, one, Roshan Johnson, two, Imari DiMarcato, three, and then Dante Foreman, four. 
DeMarcado is uh, fascinating to me because he is like just an athlete basically, but he had been playing a little bit more than people had anticipated with Keontae Ingram out with this neck injury. Now, I have not seen a good update on what exactly the deal is with Keontae Ingram's neck injury, and certainly with James Conner expected to be on the designated for return IR, Ingram is also worth a, a small pickup, but DeMarcado split a backfield with Kendra Miller uh, for an unexpectedly good TCU team. He's also an older prospect. He's 24 years old. I wonder... I'm going to look into this a little bit further, but I wonder if he was maybe like a, a junior college player or something like that. But we've actually seen the uh, we've actually seen the Cardinals be a little bit more frisky than than we would have anticipated. And uh, I I'm right by the way. Uh, DeMarcado went to Saddleback University, then to Texan Texas Christian University. He played there for five years. So this is an old running back. He ran a four four nine forty. He weighs 215 pounds. You know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. They were already playing him as a long down and distance guy. And Ingram, if he's not active, I mean, I don't really know what the Cardinals' plan would be with running backs outside of DeMarcado. They've really only been playing two guys at a time when it was Ingram and it was Connor. DeMarcado was not playing. Uh, the they claimed uh, the Cardinals claimed Tony Jones Jr. Uh, the from the Seahawks and from the Saints. Wouldn't really anticipate much of a role for Tony Jones at all. I wonder if that claim, though, is a little bit about knowing that Ingram is not that healthy either. Looks like the other running back options they have, they have uh, Corey Clement on the practice squad and Damian Williams on the practice squad. So I'm going to give DeMarcado like 70% of the touches and some long down and distance stuff for the rest of the way. I, I like bidding on him. I think 20% on DeMarcado, maybe even higher, actually feels pretty good and should should kind of be an every down back. Of course, Tajay Spears needs to be owned in your league if you like you just need to have Tajay Spears. He continues to play a ton. He continues to be the long down and distance guy. He actually has played more snaps uh this year than Derrick Henry. Uh I, I think just in the bye weeks, you're just gonna be playing Spears. There's there's really no chance you're gonna be able to avoid not having him in your starting lineup. Uh, keep an eye on if uh, Sean Tucker and Keyshawn Vaughn got dropped in your league. Like I, uh, Rashad, Rashad White for me is the uh, the um, Breaking Bad. He can't keep getting away with this gif. Like he just is. He's just not good. He's just not good. And eventually Tucker or Vaughn is going to start working in uh, some deep league stuff. Craig Reynolds. Uh, we talked about Keith Mitchell a ton last week. I think he's actually going to get dropped in a bunch of leagues this week because he was not activated off the IR with his shoulder injury. Dude's super fast. The Ravens are getting nothing out of their running backs. I guess Justice Hill had one nice run last week, but Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, we just don't care about these dudes. Zach uh, Zach Evans was actually active for the Rams. Uh, Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers are, uh, they're not it. Right, that that just is what it is. They are they are to in my mind they are not it. Zach Evans, we don't know. He uh, he could be it. Uh, make sure Kendra Miller, if he's been dropped in your league, that you are stashing him. All right, wide receivers, got to start here with Josh Downs. I mean, if you guys don't already have Josh Downs on your team, then uh, I mean, what are we doing, right? I mean. I, I've talked about him literally every single week. Now Minshew is back a quarterback for at least a month, maybe more. Just feels like he's locked into being like oh wide receiver twenty five weekly, uh, pretty high floor guy. And well, I mean, 
he also was used as a down-the-field guy at the University of North Carolina, so I wonder if that starts to get working in a little bit more when uh, Gardner Minshew is comfortable in this offense. All right, we got to talk about these fucking Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson on the IR, uh, Kirk Cousins averaging 43.8 dropbacks per game, KJ Osborne's going to see a ton of routes, maybe not a ton of volume, but uh, I mean, he's just never going to get, he's just not very good. I would definitely rather have Quentin Johnson or Rashi Rice than KJ Osborne, and those guys should be out there in a similar amount of leagues, but KJ Osborne needs to be rostered in every format. Uh, you know, every every league at this point, he actually very similar to Downs. He's going to be kind of like weekly wide receiver 25 to wide receiver 30. And then in really deep leagues, I'll say 1% on Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell will probably be, I would imagine that Powell will be the third wide receiver there. Uh, Quinn Johnson, Rashi Rice, make sure these guys are owned. They would actually be, these guys would be the top wide receiver ads for me of the entire week if someone dropped QJ. Rondale Moore, uh, you know, continues to play a ton. Uh, two fewer routes than Michael Wilson this most recent game. He continues to get carries out of the backfield. I feel like he probably will continue to get carries out of the backfield, especially now that James Conner is out. Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. Mike Evans has this hamstring injury. Trey Palmer, I've talked about him every, I think literally every week we've done this, but he's super fast, 4-3-3-40, earned a shit ton of targets his final year at Nebraska. I think he, I think he's actually a legitimate waiver wire option and you can start him. I think he is startable in 12 team leagues with two flex spots if Mike Evans is out. Marvin Mims, Jamison Williams, you guys know the deal. They continue to be stashes if and when they ever get more playing time. Finally, the tight ends. Uh, Logan Thomas, he missed a game with a concussion, but he just is getting a bazillion targets. The commanders are dropping back to play a ton. The commanders have a bad defense. I I mean, I would imagine you go to look at fantasy football projections any given week, and he's going to be projected for a top 10 target number amongst the position. Uh, Dawson Knox, we got Dalton Kincaid in the concussion protocol. The Bills play the Giants this week. Knox is going to play like pretty much every down uh, I mean, he's not that exciting. Like maybe you get a two touchdown game, but whatever would not go uh, would not go higher than like three percent on Logan Thomas or Dawson Knox. We got Noah Gray. Um, Gray ran eighty three percent of the routes in Week One when Kansas City played against the Lions. I think Travis Kelsey will probably play, but now we're also talking about a 34-year-old tight end who's already suffered two lower body injuries this year. I just, I mean, look, I love the Chiefs. I to win the Super Bowl, but it, it does feel like Kelsey is just sort of playing with fire at this point. I kind of think Noah Gray might be, I mean, he might just be like, think of him like you think of a, a contingent value running back. Like that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we also, I need to mention Michael Mayer. This is probably my top ad of the week in really deep tight end premium stuff like FFPC main event. Uh, he got the first reception of the game for the Raiders, his highest route participation, 46% of the year, kind of the opposite of a Dalton Schultz, Gerald Everett, Logan Thomas ad in the sense that you probably don't want to start him right away, but when you are ready to start him, he actually you actually might feel that he's got some ceiling, the second tight end drafted this year by the Las Vegas Raiders. He was a pretty good, actually, he was a really strong prospect at Notre Dame, so I feel, feel pretty good about adding him. He, he definitely is going to be 
uh, premium option in high-stakes leagues. And then uh, for the grossest of the gross, we got Josh Oliver. Uh, it really will be Josh Oliver or Brandon Powell playing more snaps with Justin Jefferson off the field because K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison are just going to play like every single snap. Uh, and then Kylan Granson again for the Indianapolis Colts. Molly Cox has a concussion. Jelani Woods remains on the IR. Granson would, would kind of be like a 75% route participation guy sharing with Ogletree, but uh, not a super exciting week on the waivers. Definitely some moves to make around the edges. We got to persevere through these injuries and through these bye weeks. Hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful. Good luck on the waivers this week, everyone, and I'll be back on Thursday morning with Jacob. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.